I can't afford to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid The comedy podcast for all things music both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. And Kyle tonight joining us. This is your third time here? At least. Joining us as, uh, as co-host, guest co-host from the 40-Year-Old Boy podcast, Mike Schmidt. Mike, how you doing? I'm good, dude. What's happening, man? Thanks for you, having me. I'm going to tell you what's happening. The right. last episode, I forgot to say, uh, the last episode that we recorded last week with Mike Beats, another Mike, that was our first episode of year eight. So tonight... Mike Schmidt. This is the second episode of Year Eight. Wow! So thank you, everyone, for mm-hmm. uh, listening and supporting the show. It's good to know that Mike Swiss Beats open for me, huh? Mike Beats. Eat that. Suck on that, Beats. Mike Beats. I like Beats. You a Beats guy? Does he? Do I? Do I like Mike Beats or do no, I like Beats? beats? The vegetable. I go the vegetable. You know what? It's been so. Long. I think in my head I don't like them. So it's been so long since I actually ate a beet that I don't even know what they taste like. Oh, a pickled beet is, is that magic. What about I like you, anything Kyle? pickled. But I like a, if, you, if I have a sliced beet and like a salad, I'm fine with that. Delicious. You don't like anything pickled. You wouldn't have liked them, uh, the, our last tenant. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's, that's grim. <laughs> uh, Kyle's back in the house. Kyle moved in. Oh, back, he's living at the Casa de Francis? Yep. Casa de Francis. Or are you, you're Pat Francis on the show, correct? Yeah, I'm Pat Francis. Right. I, yeah. I don't know if you go by. A logo right I don't there. know if you were Pat Simmons or Pat Stanley, or you no, got some fake rock no. name. Pat Simmons would be. Uh, goes by the, Pat. Oh, he's from the Doobie Brothers, right? Pat Eisen. from the Doobie Brothers. Huh? Pat Eisen. Yeah, Pat Eisen. Yeah. Pat, Pat Chris Kaula. You're, you're Mike Klein, correct? <laughs> I'll be that. Yeah, I'll take that. And you, you would be uh, Kyle Fraley. Oh, that's not one. No, that's, that's a, a bad Paul, one. Paul Dodson. <laughs> Paul Dodson. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> that's my ace. That was a good one. <clears throat> Thanks. No, that's not your ace. You know your ace. Do your ace. Sure, baby. That's your ace, goddammit. <laughs> the, day, right. the day their album came out, literally, you, you could not wait to play that and oh. do that in my car. It was so great. The Angels, baby. <laughs> and it was the most wonderful thing I had ever seen. Now, they're going back. Like, they're doing... Aren't they taking the plunge again, I heard? They're going to get their arthritic asses back and the makeup and the and the plastic and the leather and all of them are going out, like six of them in a rotation. That's what Like I a hear. baseball team. That's what I hear. Man, Ask me where I hear that. Where'd you hear that? My pillow. <laughs> oh, no. You're dreaming of that day? <laughs> no, I did, get an, I did get an email. I like to keep people updated when I have guests on the hook. So I did get an email today from Eric Singer. Okay. He said, I am sorry, but I just have not been able to coordinate our schedules and get them in sync. I am busy over the next few weeks, probably rehearsing with Kiss. Could be. Uh, Perhaps we can uh, look into the future at some point. Now, can I say something that I think is a joke and funny, or will it queer the deal with Eric Singer? I know what you're going to say. Okay, I bet you don't. Is this about uh, the greatest band of all time? Oh, not at all. No, it's completely about Eric Singer. That's why I'm wondering if you want me to hold on to it. Uh, No, you can say it, but do you remember when we were playing that game where put together your... Yes. Your... Well, that was was in the pipeline. That was coming up too. (laughs) Put Well, what is it? What do they call put together your... Your dream band. Your dream band. And when we did it one night, I go, okay, well, my drummer's Eric Singer. And you went, wait, wait. And then my favorite part is not only is his drummer Eric Singer... That's the first name that comes to mind. Yeah. He literally just, like, like that's the no-brainer. No. You know what? Eric Singer's my drummer. I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I couldn't believe it was the drummer. Yeah. I couldn't believe he was the first name out of your mouth. And when he's here, that when he's finally here, I'll tell him this story. Oh, great. Oh, man. So here, here's my mean thing I was going to say.
to say, I was going to okay. say, how many phone books do you think he had to sit on to reach the keyboard? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> He's probably as tall as me. No, I saw, no, not at all. No? Uh, I told you, I met, he was in Ralph's behind us. Was he with you or no? It was with we, you. Uh, we've met him a couple. We've sure. met him out at the uh, Canyon Club when Paul did his soul, soul review. Oh, man. I Let heard. me tell you, let's, let's sing some soul songs. <laughs> I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. That's so terrible. Uh, I, what a drag. I, you know Stop what? in the name of <laughs> Dude, you, you would think, you would think would, I would, you know, just let your heroes do cool stuff. That's fine. But then you get out there and you see him throwing out handkerchiefs and wearing the suit. And yeah. you're like, this is grim, man. It's not happening. His voice just couldn't cut it for those songs. Well, he's he's another one who just that expiration date came quick. Like that little turkey timer popped up on him. And all of a sudden, boom, your voice is dead. <laughs> let me tell you something. Kiss is still a 10, but I'm a six. <laughs> well, that's great. That's very gracious to be a six. You only said it because there's an S in it because you didn't yeah. want to have to say four. Right. Um, I wish. And again, I because again, he was as growing up that was yeah. the voice of my childhood. But that day, the day where it was revealed to me that he could not sing any longer was the the Tonight Show, Getting of the Nighttime World. And I was just like, yeah. whoa. I thought he was sick. Like, I, I genuinely was like, has he got a node? Maybe or, he, or maybe a cluster of nodes? Maybe he needs to sing everything the way he sings uh, Hold Me, Touch Me. Like, well, I know <laughs> that you are sleeping, <laughs> but the something I must say <laughs> is the only one. Uh, man, that album's badass. Of, oh, on the treadmill today, uh, My Way popped up. So good. It's so great. My Way and uh, I'll Fight Hell to Hold You yes. on, off that album are the yeah. two. Those are, like to me, quintessential Paul songs. And Bang Bang You. Oh my God. <laughs> so wow, terrible. Really? So terrible. <laughs> went there. All right. Jesus. Kyle, let's do it. We did it with Mike Beats. We're going to do anytime there's a mic on, we're going we're gonna to go through the track listing of two Kiss albums. Are you saying you've got a little surprise for me tonight? Let me tell you something. We got a little <laughs> surprise for you tonight. St. Louis! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to go, uh, let's do Love Gun first. Okay. Now, okay. Okay. So you're just going to, we're just going to count them up. Yes, yes and no. If, you, if it's a good song, you know, there's 10 songs on this album. So Kyle, just say, what's the first track? Okay. I Stole Your Love. Yes. Great song. Great song. Christine 16. One of the top five Kiss songs of all time. Okay. It's a good song, but it's hard to listen to now in, in the age of hashtag U2. Oh, no, it is not. <laughs> it is. Just you, you, you separate yourself from it. Yeah, well, look, all right, look. If you want to do that... Then we can. Then Gene Simmons it should never speak again, and all of his past works should be banished oh, to a mountaintop look. because everything is about being knuckle deep in a teenager. Don't, oh. don't think he hasn't thought about banishing everything to a mountaintop and charging money for people. <laughs> yeah, to come climb visit. Up to come it. visit my mountaintop. Kiss invented high altitude exhibits. Well, <laughs> he's king of the mountain. They, oh, no doubt. Okay, so okay, I'll, I'll give you those two though. Those, I, those are both great. I just heard it last night. It came up on my seventies on seven on Sirius XM. It's just phenomenal. It's so spare. It got, is. Uh, got love for sale. Nah, no. that's a bit of a coin flip. Nope. Uh, Shock me. Yes. Great. Good song. Classic. Good song. Uh, Tomorrow and tonight. Good, good song. song. Yeah, it's four. Love gun. Crusher. Yeah, home run. All right. Now I mean, and look, stupid, yeah. completely foolish, dumb lyrics. May, I mean, again, all of this is covered with a thin patina of dumb. All of Kiss is <laughs> yes. foolish. We understand yeah. that. But as far as just like rock songs. Okay, out of 10 songs, five, are, five we're agreeing on and one is bad. One clunker. Okay. okay. Hooligan. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> uh, almost human. I don't like it. Yeah. You know why I like it? Because as a little kid, Gene was the demon weird monster yeah. guy. And that, uh, in the beginning, I was just like, hot, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, so that's going in your like pile. I, yeah, I, I would on. say I like it. It's not a good song, 
but it has nostalgia. It's got a thing for me from All being right. a kid. Okay. Plaster caster. Uh, top five. I love it. You, oh, you love it? I, I love it. I know you okay, hate this, it. This might be, this might, this is breaking opposite of Mike Beats. Because again, ahead. plaster caster, dumb, clearly dumb. And also the fact that she completely debunks plaster, his story and she's caster, mad at him. And, yeah. That it grab never, a hold of me faster. If you want to see my love, just, just ask, ask her. Ask her. So do, come on. And my love is in plaster. And yes, she's the collector. She wants me all the time to inject her. God, it's stupid. But I love it. I like the songs when I'm singing them with you. <laughs> What's the last song? Then she kissed me. No. It, it's awful. But I mean, it's a great song. But they changed, they didn't the, they changed the gender. It's yeah, a, it's then, a, they didn't have one other song in the hopper. No. Well, they went in really quick after, because mm -hmm. uh, Destroyer, they toured. Yeah. And then they were like, they were so hot. They were like, we got to get something out. Hot. <laughs> they were hot. Well, no, no, it was, it was, oh, yeah. it's Destroyer, then Rock and Roll Over, then Love Gun. Oh, that's Gun. right. That's right. Okay. Now, I know you liked a lot of Love Gun. Yes. But listen to this song list for Rock and Roll Over. I think you're going to, I think you're going to decide. Are we doing me. the rating again? One or, uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we will do it. I want to. Look, look what I got here. Two hands. <laughs> I want you. Yeah, it's a good song. I want you. Baby, 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 I want you. I want that was you. A, he wrote that out. Baby, 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 baby. Okay, boy, the next? production on that album though always sounds so hollow. That, that it's so Eddie weird. Kramer on both of these, but boy, is it just empty. We wanted Eddie Kramer because he was the engineer for Led Zeppelin. Shut up. But Love Gun like worked on uh, uh, like you know Christine Sixteen. Like I said, is spare because it's just the the note and the yeah. little the little bass and the little and the like a child's ow, piano. Ow. Yeah, it's neat. But like this one just sounds like a, a very hollow, sterile environment. Okay, what's next? Take me. Take it's, me. It's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. Calling Doctor Love. Again, it, it's an iconic Kiss it's song. It's a great song. It's, it's for me, better it's kind plaster. of a whiff. No, Plaster Caster better than Dr. Love. Dr. Love? Think, think you, about Dr. What? Love. Think about, the again, the words. Calling Dr. Love. The thing, the thing I do like is Calling that... Calling Dr. Love. There's two different versions of that song, right? Yeah, there is. Okay, because it's, it's got the one where it starts out where it just go, it goes... Here, give me the thing. Why are we, why are we not playing both versions? Because listen to my mouth version. <laughs> You made my love baby oh so bad. Okay, here we go. You're not um, the only one I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to say I'm going to set you free, don't you know you'll be in misery? It's awful. It's great. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, by the way. Let's can we discuss that really That's quick? True. Okay, here we go. I'm going to play. Uh, I'm going to play. Uh, okay, this is the version from the aforementioned Rock and Roll Over. Here we go. I don't have it. Oh, there we go. There we go. Have anything over here? Not recording in the left channel tonight. I thought it was production trickery. Oh, thank there you. we go. Thank you. Someone didn't plug in. Mm, my fault. You need my love, baby, oh so bad. You're not the only one I've ever had. Okay, okay this is going to be a complete whiff. I don't have the other version in my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hold on. <laughs> anyway, that was... Uh, uh, there's a remix version on, right. on Double Platinum. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Double Platinum. And they, re they did Strutter again, too. Yeah. They did a different version of Strutter. Okay, so, okay. So that's the third song. Next song is what? Boy, Kyle? again, it's a good song. It is. It's just... Yeah. But it's like, you know, for me, Plaster Caster, I love better. Ladies Room. Uh, Dude, if, if Down Syndrome was a song, it would be Ladies Room. Come it is on, so, man. It is just me. Meet you, greet you in the ladies' room. Again, I do. I like it. It's Look, a good song. Mike, but for my money, it can't be too soon. <laughs> soon doesn't rhyme ladies with room. room. 
Boom. Oh, I know exactly. But that's what I mean. They had the simplest rhyme schemes and then missed them. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Ladies room is, is it's a, I mean, again, just because they mean so much to me, I was 10 or nine when this album came out. So it was like, this is the first band I ever liked. That was mine. You know, I love my mom's Elvis music yeah. and I loved all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I heard about Kiss and it was like, and as you know, Howard Kramer, the comedian put it, uh, you know, well, hold on a second. Is this, this is like monsters who, who play rock and roll, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Jewish monsters who play rock and roll. He's like, yeah, that's me. Exactly. It's per- he loved it. Uh, okay. Continue. Here we go. Uh, baby driver. It's, I hate go every Peter baby song. driver. I hate, you hate every Peter, I hate Peter song. I hate Beth. I hate them all. I just don't care. Okay. Keep going. Baby driver's not great. Nah. Love them and leave them. Love them. Leave them. Love that song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love them. That, that song leave is the quintessential. You, what you're doing right now with your head, that's the yeah. quintessential Gene head side to side song. Side to side. Yeah. <laughs> Love em. My limousine is awaiting. Now, the three of us had tickets to see Gene Simmons solo out oh. in Fox Valley, and he uh, canceled. Low ticket sales, right? Low ticket sales, yeah. Which I won't admit to. <laughs> the the base tech had a cold, dude. Love me, I leave was me too busy fucking. That's a, exactly. That's a that's a top ten kiss song for me. Just because of the whole. What were you doing there? Cards. Oh, okay. That is a top ten kiss song for me. Love me, love leave. Now they think about okay. it. Just because of the gene. My limousine is awaiting, and I'll see you coming my way. Hey, hey, hey! All their songs are braggadocious. They I'm have to buy a jet plane. Yeah. I got a limousine. I'm I got a big dick. <laughs> I'm sitting by the window, and you ask me what hotel I'm staying in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make a reservation between the hours of ten, 10 and two. two. How do you do? It's so bad. What does that mean? He makes a reservation. I, I got a stiff proposition. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing else I'd rather do. Ooh. So you lift your dress. You want to impress. There's one thing I got to confess. Love them. Leave them. I think she knows, Gene. I, I think she pretty much knows that. You, she literally came up to your limousine window there's, and said, fuck Mike, me in a hotel. There's a lot of innuendo in this. Song. You think? <laughs> Those dudes. I, it just, but, are they, and would you say subtle? Oh, my Christ. Dude, because you always hear cock rock. You know what right. I mean? You always hear people talk about that. That That's kiss, what literally, is, yeah. I, 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 you know, Peter always brags about his big dick. I think he used it to hold the pen to write these songs because <laughs> these are all written from crotch level, like everything they do. <laughs> well, Peter's dick does not write good songs. <laughs> no, it's not for me. Okay, what's next? Uh, Mr. Speed. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, the guitar riff, I had mm-hmm. listeners of my podcast make it as my phone ringtone. Right now, the people that listen to this podcast are thinking, are they going to do this every week? <laughs> They're going <laughs> to start the show doing these, because we've done it two weeks in a row. Now. With Kiss songs? Yeah, I guess we're doing one. You s- did really do it with Kiss album last well, week? Well, yeah, yeah, the same two. <laughs> Just change the name, dude. Yeah. Now you're Kiss Solid or Rock Kiss. We'll only do it fuck. with Mike. When Mike Sieg was here, we're going to do it again, and he'll go, all these songs suck. <laughs> he's going to hate it. Yeah, he's I don't gonna, even he's know play these the songs. I don't even know what songs you're talking yeah, about. Okay, what's gonna, the next song? See You in Your Dreams. Love it. Yeah, it's great. Hard Luck Woman. Come on, dude. Top five Kiss songs. It's a Peter song. Uh, yeah. Written by Paul. Yeah. Given to Peter. There you go. See, okay. Let me tell you something. I wrote Hard Luck Woman and gave it to Peter as a gift. Because <laughs> his songs were terrible. Hooligan. Yeah, yeah, awful. Uh, so, so terrible. And dude. then Making Love. Oh, um, not long. Great guitar riff. Nice guitar riff. <laughs> yeah. So, which is a better album? All right. I came into this thinking Love Gun was a better album, but I'm going to have to say that Rock and Roll Over is probably a better album. Yeah. However, but for me, 10 year old me, <laughs> 
loved the album cover. Well, I mean, but the album cover for Rock and Roll Over is so fucking great. I it can't say. Great. Yeah, because the Love Gun cover is great. Yeah. But that that cover of Rock and Roll Over with the, the rays coming out of Ace's eyes and I stuff know. and the, the fangs on Peter, it's just like, God, I, so how many times? Dude, all right, well, what's, all right, let's talk about that if we're going to do that. Now, I had it on, whenever, I, I traced it and it was on a, a book cover. Right? It's cool. Yeah. When, all right, so now whenever you have a mic in, let's, you got to do this now. What's the best Kiss album cover of all time? And we know what it is, all right? I clearly know what it is, but I just want to talk about Kiss album covers, oh, basically. It's, it's Monster? Uh, okay, that's pretty close. We have it's a, the Elder. Let me just tell people, we do have a topic tonight. We're going we're gonna to be talking about <laughs> Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, uh, 30th anniversary re-release. We're going to be listening to that track by track, and we're also going to listen to some of the uh, the B-sides and the uh, the bonus cuts that are on disc two. Nice. In, so, my, in my opinion, it's Dynasty. Clearly. The best album cover. Dynasty is the best album cover. There is cover. no doubt Dynasty is the album cover. It's so it's so good. My uh, band Jellyfish, who someday mm-hmm. you'll listen to yeah, yeah, someday. Yeah. Uh, I, they have have them, a, I have them in my iTunes now. They have a song called Joining Your Fan Joining a Fan Club. And uh, uh, she drew his light, she threw her nightlight on and he blew her a kiss. He stared back from his green Crayola eyes. And it's written about uh, Peter in the in the album, on sorry, the album cover. I'm sorry, I stopped listening because I was staring at the Dynasty album. Cover. Well, the the story behind that, where they had Scavulo do the you know the photography for it, and it's, that's a composite. It's like you know, it's not, it's a com- not all for it. It's them. a composite of even like it's it's not even it's not just like this. We took a different gene. Like they did like eyes and stuff, yeah. and and like really pieced it together, which is relevant for our topic a little later. Remind me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Piecing well. together and things like that. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, Dynasty. But I mean, also, yeah. but Love Gun and Rock and Roll Over. And dude, the Dress to Kill album cover is phenomenal as well. I mean, that's a, such a great album cover. As is Unmasked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was like an entire comic book on the cover of an album. That was grim. But that's the only time they had a sense of humor about themselves because the last panel is a guy who says, I still say they stink. Yes. But also, I will tell you this, they... Uh, as, as a kid, because I was also aging out of Kiss at Unmasked, pretty much. Yes. When did you age back in? 47? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the way over here, I did. Um, but that, so when I actually saw that album cover, I was mad because it kind of took mystery away from the band for me, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, because the music I felt was also kind of subpar. Yeah, yeah. But then the album cover was so different from the others that they had done. I was just kind of like, oh, it looked like you were trying hard, you know, yeah. like really trying too hard. Um, and I didn't care for that. In the naked city. Oh, terrible. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you one song. I mean, like, if you told me a song of Unmasked, I might know it, but I, w- I couldn't give it Shandy. a... Shandy. Of course. Yeah, that, that one, everybody knows that one. <laughs> but other than that, Everyone other than at that, the roller rink. Which where's I from? Oh, that's from The Elder. Okay. Mike, okay, hold on. And look, look, fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, folks, listen. you want nothing to do with any of this. Okay, wait a second. Now, is that you? I'm, ta- I'm reading songs off of Unmasked now. Oh, no idea. You don't know what that is? What no. about uh, Tomorrow? And Tomorrow. No, I, I'm seriously, I checked that's out. That's a great song. Fall in love. No, that's probably when I, because that's 1980, right? It's 1980. I was, so, that's freshman year, and that's solidly uh, Zeppelin Four and Van Halen. And I mean, I was gone from Kiss well, at that point. Y- well, look, you name those two, and yes, Kiss is done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that's, I, 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 you know, because Kiss was for me growing up and all that. Mm-hmm. But the second I, I mean, I found, I didn't even find Van Halen until Van Halen, uh, well, I heard Van Halen 1 and I was just like, what the hell is this? But then Van Halen 2 is when I finally, they became like my band. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, and then I was forget it. It was like, I Kiss was, they were silly. Yeah. Which was too. weird. But then of course, like, then when they took the makeup off and then the MTV brought them back into my life and I was like, yeah, I'm in. Um, appetite for Destruction. Phenomenal. Throw it in there. How many times do you think that went platinum in the U.S.? Christ. Uh, I'm going to say 15. 
Very close. Really? 18. No. Worldwide, it has sold 30 million plus copies. Good. That's light. One of the best debut albums of all time. You can, you can take the qualifier out of that for me, quite frankly. The best? In my opinion. For me. Again, we're talking about for me. I mean, I can't speak, you know, because the Cars debut album is phenomenal. Yep. There's a lot of The Pretenders' first album. Yep. And yep. Those are great albums. But for me, I know you're sick of it because you've told me before you're sick of it, but Boston's first album is phenomenal. Oh, it's, yeah, that came out fully. Anything that comes out like kind of fully formed. Fully Because that's the thing go. with Appetite. These guys, they'd been playing every night, sometimes mm -hmm. twice a fucking night. And, yeah. and granted, they lived the life as well, but they were, they were dead ready to murder everybody. Compared to all the other bands that came from that Sunset Strip, if you want to call it hair metal thing, they're the best. In, in my opinion, yeah. Far but, and away. Well, because here's the thing. Like, because uh, everybody, it's funny, you know, Axel had the notorious problem with Kurt Cobain because Nirvana came along and basically killed that genre of music. But I, I'd argue that Guns N' Roses killed hair metal before those guys killed hair metal. Guns yeah. N' Roses had a lot more in common with Motorhead and Metallica than they did with Poison yeah. and Rat. You know, yes, they were, because yeah. they had a punk aesthetic. They were, they were, they were, they seemed evil, which is weird. Like Poison like, had makeup and they were like, yay, and your mom like, could meet them. Motley Crue is fake evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guns N' Roses is real. Motley Crue is evil. evil with a wink. Yes. But, but, but as their image, but at the same time, I think, I think Vince was an evil guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they, they fell into the machine and they went, oh, this is what we got to do. We got to put on lip gloss. We got to do this. But I, I think Motley Crue had a lot of the same sensibility as yeah. Guns N' Roses, Guns N Roses as people, which is a weird thing. I think right. they were just as big at dirt bags as Guns, but Guns was like, well, we're not playing that game. We're just us. Yeah. But yeah, because Motley Crue, they, they want to tell you that they were badass. Yeah. They want to keep saying it. But they want to keep saying it. With yeah. a, like I said, with a wink, they always, they want to play to that. Whereas Guns N' Roses... It, you know, they, they literally lived in a storage area in, and that's not a joke as a band. They lived in a storage area together in Los Angeles and did heroin and listened to Aerosmith all day yeah. and bang groupies while they, and then played at night. That's who they were. And they lived that life and they, and just, they, they idolized, you know, Thin Lizzy, Aerosmith, Motorhead, you know, those, those bands. Yep. And you could hear it all over this album. Appetite for destruction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that title says everything. You know what the greatest thing is too, is the, the album cover is a, it's iconic, badass, the cross with the skulls with the, with but the guys But it's not the it. original album cover. Exactly. Cause the other cover is even more badass and they couldn't use it. Like that's, it just speaks to exactly what they wanted to do by using, wanting to use that album cover with the, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible image and certainly it's now. It's a terrible image. But back, back then. But even I, then, people were like, well, this is probably a bit strong. If you try to do it now, they'd drum you out of the core. Yeah, like, I can't even it believe... It looks like a guar cover. Yeah, right, it, exactly. It's just like a completely... You're like, who... It's not, it doesn't even look like a band's cover. That's it. Oh, it's on yeah. the... Is it on the reissue? Yeah, it's, yeah, in, a, this, it's in a slip Ballsy case. to keep... But you know what? Ballsy to have it in there. I yeah. mean, because I, I, in my head, like, I didn't know... If you know, because look, they did. They had a lot of things that were kind of iffy. Like if you listen to One in a Million, which I know we're talking about Appetite. Yeah, yeah. But One in a Million was off of the uh, the the Lies. Lies. Which, and, uh, by the way, since you're bringing it up, um, the disc two of this has both EPs remastered. Oh, okay. So that's did that's they, on here with one in a million. Because yeah. that's really yeah. Because that's uh, I'll tell you what that's 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 ballsy. Because that's a song he wound up getting into the, a fist fight with Vernon Reed backstage at the Coliseum because Living Color couldn't wait to fucking see them and talk to them about that song. Um, Kyle, are you familiar with one I, in a million? I can't read Kyle. No, read like disc two. I can't read that is so tiny. I can't even read it. Disc two. We're has... looking for one in a million. I'm pretty sure it's on there. No, it's not. It's not. They didn't put it out. 
That does not surprise me. Oh, okay. Yeah, one because one in a million has uh, it has the N word. Mm-hmm. It oh. has uh, um, the F word, but not, uh, yeah. but not uh, the four letter F word. Yeah, uh, a, a slur, an yes. F word slur. Yeah, uh, it comes after immigrants. It was a, it was a back then. It was a big deal. Thought it was on. And here. now, if you put it out, well, I, I'm not shocked that it's not. To be truthful, <laughs> what if? I, well, I'm bummed it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that was what this whole show was about. Kind of disappointed. <laughs> that was the kickoff track. But I, but I will tell you this, and it's it's going to sound terrible, but um, but it's a really aggressive acoustic song, and it it has a lot of evil in it, and and he when he because again the the lyrics to it are terrible. But he wrote it because he's like, these are my impressions when I got off the bus in Indiana and I was yeah. in Los Angeles. It's one of those songs written from, oh, I'm, I'm singing from this viewpoint yes. of this guy, yes. which is sometimes an excuse just to say the N-word and the F-slur. Yeah, big, and it might have been. And I, you know, I'm not going to, I can't sit here. I Look, I, I really like the song. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't agree with what it says, mm-hmm. but at the same time, as a kid, like I, I, I identified a lot with Axel. Uh, because he had a lot of simmering rage that was literally just underneath the surface. And he was right. really, one of my, my favorite clip of him of all time is on the on stage in St. Louis. I think I've told you I this. know what it is. It's it, there, there, There's a fight breaking out in the crowd and he's he's got the big fur coat on or whatever. He looks ridiculous. It, it, he does. He's got a but catcher's, then, catcher's vest. He starts yelling at someone in the crowd and there's a photographer taking his photo and he yeah. doesn't want the guy to take the photo. So instead of just going, hey, security or hey, whatever, he literally leaps into the pit and just starts swinging on this guy. Yeah. And I... And I Again, as an adolescent at mm-hmm. heart, I was just like, "Yeah!" I was like, "Take that guy out, <laughs> smash that camera!" And I just, I, I mean, I was, I love violence. I mean, and so I was vibrating watching the clip because he's just yelling, and there's no parlay, there's no, "Hey, could right. you stop doing that?" He literally just leaps on the guy and just starts swinging. Let's get into it, music-wise, Kyle. Let's hear track one from "Appetite for Destruction." This is all newly remastered. We got uh, Axl Rose, we got Izzy Stradlin, we got Steven Adler, we got Slash, Saul Hudson, and we have (laughs) Duff McKagan. The brilliant Duff McKagan. Yes. still going. So the the original album came out in 87. 87. So they got it out on GNR time, right? Right in time for the 30th anniversary. <laughs> right time for the, yeah, yeah. 31 years later. You know what's funny is, but it didn't chart for a year. That's because of that original album cover. <laughs> Might have been, but I'm serious because when it came out in 87, uh, I, I heard it. I was in Lake Tahoe when I first heard this album. And I was like, what the, what the hell? Or, I'm sorry. I was in, uh, uh, in, in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't buy it until I got to Lake Tahoe. And it was, uh, I bought the cassette and the cassette was the G side and the R side. Yeah. It wasn't side one and side two. And uh, it, it's funny because we just heard Appetite or we heard uh, um, Welcome to the Jungle. You ever hear Lars Ulrich talk about Welcome to the Jungle? 
No, he got in a plane. He, he was in town meeting for, you know, getting squared away, whatever they're doing record business. And he, he raided the swag closet. He's like, all right, what do you got that's new? And they gave him a bunch of stuff. So he gets on the plane and he puts that, the, the disc in and he hears the opening of it as the plane is taking off. And he says, he just go, he said, everything's about to change. Like he said, he knew just hearing that he's just, he's, he's just like, what the hell is this? The scream, the, it's the, 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 the that scream that goes like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said the plane is taking off and he's hearing it in his headphone. And this is Lars, you know, he thought maybe it was the, band. the jets. Maybe it's the plane making that noise. <laughs> but he, is I that just, supposed to be happening with yeah, the plane? Right, right. Hey, plane? What's it, interference? Uh, but yeah, I, I love that. Again, because again, Metallica, think about what they've put out and what they were working on at the time. And he said he heard that and he just went, oh my Christ, like, what is this? And well, I, I love it. I want to I wanna jump right in and I want to play the original version of Welcome to the Jungle. I don't know if it was a demo, but they had recorded some of the songs. They have some other versions. On the new release? Yes. Oh, that's badass. They released, you know, like this was the first time we did it. And I don't know why why it was rejected. I don't know what, but this is Welcome to the Jungle. You guys ready? Yeah. (laughs) Guess not. little slower yeah which is weird because live they would do it faster yeah It's there. I can't do that, by the way. You no, can't no, 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 no. It's, it's really hard for me to do. Kyle, could you see if there's a pair of glasses right up in that uh, thing there? Whoever told them to uh, to speed it up a measure was a genius. Smart. Because that just that just sounds like a dun dun da da. It's almost like a jaunt. Yep. Do 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 do. Welcome to the jungle. We've got fun and games. Yeah. It's it's almost just that measure is too slow. I'm going to give you the history on some of these alternate versions we're going to play. That was the '86 Sound City. That's why I'm just getting ready to read. That's why I asked for the glasses. Uh, those were produced by Manny Charlton, obviously not a good producer. No, these were recorded at Sun City, uh, June 5th, 1986. No, I thought they weren't going to play Sun City. Well, Sun City Studios. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Sound City. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. Stupid. Thank you. <laughs> those Thank glasses you. are helping. Thank you. These are, <laughs> I know, these are horrible. <laughs> All right. At least I can see it. The print is so small on these, uh, it is pretty, these C- C- even Kyle with young eyes can't read it. Yeah. Uh, I just gave no, Mike a headache. Pretty, Jesus. The, the, uh, but I, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, imp- it's so impressive to hear Axel's voice live do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because again, he, I, I'm talking out my ass now, you'll have to find it on YouTube. But there's a guy who basically said that Axel was the greatest vocalist of all time because his range was so unbelievable from the, the really high down to the low. And, and, and he, has yeah. a, like, he has charts and graphs and the whole nine. Yeah, his range, no, it's true. His, I was reading, there's a, a website I go to called Vintage Vinyl News. And they they list uh, singers with their range, and he isn't number one. Yeah, like I literally, I thought I'm like, well, Michael Bolton's going to be up there. No, yeah, he's not. Well, I mean, because and that's why Axel was such a, a 
goddamn unicorn back then. You know what yeah. I mean? Again, because I don't know what that means. Uh, well, I mean, just uh, <laughs> one of a kind. <laughs> okay, thank where, you. Where people heard it and it blew them away. Because again, his voice. Because a lot of guys did that shriek. A lot of metal guys did that kind of thing. Yeah. But but his his shriek is unique. And then he can go into that. I see your sister in a Sunday dress. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's so different and, on every song. And Slash's guitar. I mean, that's that's not. CC pick up that guitar and talk to no. me at all. It's like a whole new thing. Yeah, and again, Welcome to the Jungle, like I said, that, that album came out in 87, so that's you're right in the midst of, of Poison and mm-hmm. Bon Jovi and all those guys. Yeah. So they make the video for Welcome to the Jungle, and they, their hair is teased to the sky. Yeah. Uh, Axel's was. And it's not that's not their look. No, and but they did it under kind of under protest because yeah. they knew they had to get on MTV, it, and that's what was getting on like MTV. It's like Vinnie Vincent wearing a wig in uh, Lick It Up. Exactly. But that's why it took so... I'm going to took a, a long time or to no, chart. Or no, I'm sorry, on the Lick It Up album cover, he wears a wig. In the Lick It Up video, he does not wear a wig. He doesn't have, he just got his normal hair? It's terrible. Uh, I think he's wearing a wig these days, from what I I understand. Yeah. Uh, But they, they, so they bring out that video Mm -hmm. and it gets on. Yeah. And it just kind of simmers. It doesn't go anywhere. Headbangers Ball plays it because Ricky Rackman loves it and guys like that and stuff. But then it doesn't catch on for a year. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it starts getting into the Total Request Live. They start, everybody keeps requesting it. And then when they get enough popularity to where they can do what they want, that's when Axel starts looking like, because on stage he looked like Axel, you yeah. know what I mean? And then, but then in the video, they teased it up and wore the fucking makeup yeah. and did all that nonsense. Ridiculous. Because that's what you had to do to get on. Yeah. But that's, again, that's not who they were. They They're were, competing with Warrant. No, they were used condoms and rubber tubing to tie your arm off. That's who these guys are. <laughs> Track two, It's So Easy. On Rock Solid. And, Rock and, Solid, and Rock Solid the, exclusive. And you'll hear the... <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> and this is... Uh, and again, all the, the track... These are all remastered. And I, I did A-B a, it with the original CD and really sounds great. Worth getting? Yes. Drink Great. and drive everything in sight. Steven Adler loves his cowbell. <laughs> oh, by the way, all tracks on this first album are the writing credit. They're all credited to Guns N' Roses. So for Steven Adler to not have any money oh, sure. is ridiculous. Yeah. well, Because he, if he he's just, getting a piece of this, the writing, publishing on all these songs. So the, well, wait, all right, let's hold on. <laughs> uh, are we sure that Axel isn't Guns N' Roses because he didn't he make them sign the publishing over when he, oh. when he, yeah. But even if they signed the publishing over this, this still sold how many copies before that happened. True. But if I remember, but I, again, when Axel had the big dispute with them and he was going to split, uh, his Yogi came to them or some nonsense and he made them sign all the publishing over to Axel and they did it just to get rid of him. At least that's the story slash was telling for a while. Oh, that's ridiculous. I hope that's not true. Well, again, I, I, I lived with my brothers in a, you know, four of my brothers or three of my brothers in a one bedroom apartment once. And we wanted to murder one another. It was just a piranha tank. So can you imagine these guys uh, living in a storage area for years and years? And then they hit it big. So then they get billions of dollars and then they just get access to drugs. I mean, there's no bus big enough to contain those personalities. There's no state big enough. They no. just want to kill that dude. I mean, so getting to that, even, you know, everybody thinks Axel went crazy yeah. later. Uh, on this album, Axel insisted on doing his lyrics one at a time, line, one line at a time for the songs. 
So he would work with Mike Klink into the night and do his his vocal one track at one literally one line at a time, and the rest of the band would just fucking leave. Everybody knows how we think. So okay. like Izzy and those because Izzy Izzy was tight with Axel, but but Izzy finally was just like, all right, and this and this is the first album, but yes, he, but he knew. You know, you it was going to be difficult. We always because you and I have talked about this before when we talk about Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whenever I look around and I'm like, you know what, I I wish I'd have been more in my life. And then you go, these junkies made it. How did these junkies make it? And I couldn't do it. Like, what was wrong with me? Because they're just goofballs. And then you think then about Axel. You know, Axel Rose might have been a junkie. Right. Might have been, you know, getting gonorrhea every yeah. other Wednesday. But he he knew they, they were like, this is what we do, and this is our shot. And I am I'm not screwing this up. Mm. So he he meticulously said, we're doing I'm doing every line one at a time with Clank all night long. Whatever we got to do. And we've and here we're talking about the best debut album of all time. The um maybe you should have done stand up with catcher's gear on. <laughs> yeah, I should have. If only there would have been a photographer, I could have jumped in and assaulted. Maybe it would have made my career that much better. Here's a question for you. Yes. To think really yes. hard. Mm-hmm. This is very important. Yes. In the evening, what is your favorite mode of transportation? Well, I will tell you this. This is clearly, absolutely my my top Guns N' Roses song of all time. It is my favorite song in this album, and it, it is just, if you want to see the, for me, the quintessential version of this song is if you watch the uh, Live at the Ritz special that they did for MTV, they had to censor themselves. So Answer the question. <laughs> Night Train. <laughs> Best dude. Say it. You can talk over no, it. Fine. The attitude. I do love this song. And the, the, the rock and roll. Don't talk, because we're going to jump right into the version that was produced by Manny Charlton at Sound City. Let's see what this schlub did with it. <laughs> All sounds a little, like, sounds bit, like Mr. Speed. A little bit cheesy and tinny. Yeah. With some shaker, though. They would do this live sometimes, repeat the, the intro before the vocal. And you said you didn't know stuff about Guns N' Roses. (laughs) Very echoey. That's Axel on a five. Yeah. So that's that's Axel running through a song. That's not evil Axel giving all of his Axel powers to it. Now, here's the thing. If 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 those songs would have been released as Appetite for Destruction, we we would have loved it, but 
we wouldn't have been talking about it 31 years later. Well, just if you listen to the it's vocal just, back to back there, yeah. you can hear the 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 attitude, the yeah. evil, the the this the, the the rage in in the simmering in yeah. in the real version. Mm-hmm. And there, that sounds like these sound like rehearsal bits. I mean, I don't know yeah. if the, truthfully those were going to be released because that just sounds like them yeah. running the songs before they go out on the road. And I mean, again, it, and again, according to the liner notes, all let me see how many, there's uh, five tracks here. They recorded these all, cut these all in one day. Now, if you're saying Axel stayed with Mike Klink and right. I mean, so this, this, this was just one day for them in the studio. And, so, and this was this Manny Charlton. Do you know who he is? No, tell me Kyle. That's he's, what you're here for. He's from the band Nazareth. He's the founding. He's the that founding. Makes sense. He's the founding member of Nazareth. Yeah. And it's well, they did record uh, Axel, hair, of the hair of the dog, of it, which they love. And Axel loved Nazareth. Yeah. Axel Rose initially wanted the producer of Nazareth, Nazareth's hair of the dog to produce what would become the band's breakthrough album. But, May so, Charlton subsequently got the request from Geffen Records and did produce several yet unreleased performances. Well, you know who? Now uh, released performances. Well, so this is the part I was talking about earlier. Uh, do you know who uh, Geffen also approached to, to do this album, to produce this album? I do know, <laughs> you, but are I you can't, waiting? But I can't. Can you give me the initials? Uh, P.S. That's right. I was asked you to produce this album. He was. Yeah, they asked, Paul Stanley with Guns N' Roses. They asked Paul Stanley. Can you Stanley believe it? If he would do it, call it and he tried to change Stephen Adler's drum sound and his whole drum setup, and they just went, "Yeah, nah, we're not gonna." Because Axel was like, the, the the band kept turning people down until Clink said, "I'll do it however you want me to do it." That's good. And they and he, they went great because the band that was again they knew what mm-hmm. they wanted. And that's a, that's yep. a good lesson for you young musicians out there. I, you got to compromise yourself and try to get signed and things like that. But now in the era of putting out whatever you can, whenever you want, yeah. uh, do it your way. Just do it. It's the DIY. only thing you own. DIY, it's Mike. It's the only thing DIY you own. DIY, do it your way. Do it your way. What, uh, <laughs> Why'd you clunk it up with the, with the, the new? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what did you want to change about Steven's drum sound? Let me tell you something. I wanted less cymbals. <laughs> There's too many cymbals in... in Shakers. Less, you don't like the shakers? So you don't like any percussion except for a straight snare drum? I don't even like drums. What? <laughs> See, that probably would have been a real drawback to the The bass album. was a little loud. Bass drum was loud. <laughs> oh, really? Your ears were hurting at that point? Yes, I wanted it to be more like, Well, I know that you are sleeping. <laughs> um, All right, let's uh, get right into it with Out to Get Me, track four. Like track doing, four on side G. Doing some Tai Chi over there. Or some Tai G. Also, Slash had a fully formed guitar sound right out of the box. Yep, which is important. If exactly. You're a guitarist. Eddie, Brian May, like all those dudes. It's just you know who they are when you hear it. CC Deville. Okay, Mike, we're going to go right into the Manny Charlton version, then we'll talk. Is this Manny Charlton from Nazareth? Yes. 
I like this so far. Yeah. This is the best one so far of the Manny Charlton. Izzy added so much to this band. Yeah. Izzy was incredible. I'm sorry, do you play guitar? No. It seems like you do. Sounds great. That's the best Axel vocal of the Manny Charlton era. Yeah, of, of the Charlton clunkers. <laughs> of the Charlton era. That is clearly the... <laughs> yeah, that's the best one. And now there, we have two more that are coming up. Okay, so. good. Um, but this album is uh, perfectly sequenced because they could have front-loaded with, with all the crazy, like the really wild songs, but they kind of they hit you and then bring you down just a little bit. Yeah. And then boom again, you know? So it's like a little bit of a roller coaster. Well, it's... it's and also the first side is very much... Um, kind of drug oriented mm -hmm. and, and that and, and life oriented. And then the second side is very sex oriented and things like mm -hmm. it's, it's, I mean, it was just so smart how they did it. And, and again, like I said, I don't know how junkies figured this out. I don't know if Clink was involved, but the way you're, you're absolutely right. The sequencing of it is so perfect where you're monster hit and then just hard rocker and yeah. then monster. And then, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Because, and again, a lot of times they, especially when CDs came out, everyone wants to front load it with everything yeah. up top. Well, there's not a breather on this album. No, there, there's no, you know, the closest we're going to get is we're going to play it in a second, but 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 even that kills you in the you, chest. I you mean, think this one is a breather uh, for for what we've got on the album overall? Uh, this this Kyle does not like this next track. Okay, at all, really. I it's my favorite. I think on here. <laughs> okay, and I've never done the H. What? I've never done H. How do you not love this? No, this isn't the breather. The next one's the breather. Yes, the next um, one's the breather. Um, but but this one, yeah, this one is ridiculous. Okay, Mister Brown, so good, yeah. My chemistry teacher in high school, Mr. Brownstone. No way. I'm lying. Why do you like this, Kyle? I don't like it. Izzy! That two guitars is so important to their yeah. sound. It's so important. It's like the Stones. Yeah. Another band they love. Yep. If, uh, what if they had an on-stage mascot like Eddie and it was just a giant syringe and that was Mr. Brown's <laughs> big happy face on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then and he, like, he, he would like, like, uh, 
the insane clown posse. They would, he would bend over and they'd spray the crowd with like them. <laughs> with with fake heroin, heroin. Fake yeah. heroin. <laughs> and then uh, all the subsequent albums were around that uh, that logo image oh, that dude. Mr. Brownstone. By the way, I love the way you say all the subsequent albums, they did two more I know. and basically gone. I know. That's a whole <laughs> other thing. Uh, yeah, Kyle, I just don't know why you don't like it. Why don't you like it? Two it on just, the nose? Yeah. Well, just, we party. We're going to sing about it. Yeah, it just sounds like someone who's on heroin writing a song about <laughs> heroin. Like, it's not... But but also but again, the, to be able to speak about it that vividly or that that nakedly mm-hmm. was a thing. You know what I mean? Because you know, there's a lot of drug use in music, obviously, and a lot of songs written about it. You know, Sweet Mary Jane and all that bullshit. <laughs> Sweet the, Mary. Jane. But these guys are just <laughs> so like, weak. and guess what? We're shooting needles into our cocks. I mean, and and you can you can't stop us. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, and and also, but also dealing with the fact that how it ruins them. You know what I right. mean? Like basically foretelling everything in in one four minute song. Yeah. Also, they had a little bit longer of an album for this type of a band at the time. Like if you if you, if you were going to lump them at the time in with those other bands, this uh-huh. album was long at fifty three minutes and twelve songs. You would have thought they were, you know, labels would be like just ten songs, guys. Keep it around forty five. Yeah, you know what I mean. They they, they broke a lot of they did rules uh, that were certainly in place at least for this genre. I mean, it's funny when you think about. Like I love Van Halen. I'm obviously Van Halen, but yeah. I don't think they did a band, a song of like an album over 40 minutes. No, like, no, I think about no, it. not until not until Van Hagar, but not with Dave. Yeah, right. those are like boom, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're gonna close out side one with side Par- G with with Paradise City, and then hold your tongue because we have a Manny Charlton version <laughs> coming right around the corner. Hi, I'm Manny Charlton. I'm the original producer of Guns N' Roses, and we did a hell of a session back in 86 at Sound City. We only had the studio for a couple of hours, but we laid down five hot tracks, and one of them is coming up in a minute. But first, here's the one Clink did, and that guy fucked it up big time. <laughs> As, uh, as uh, you know, the sales were not good on that. Oh, no, sure. <laughs> I like your Betty Charlton. Thanks, Mike. Don't go messing with mother talking son of a bitch. <laughs> Iconic drums. Oh, yeah. Now is that that's Axel on the deep voice? Yeah. Oh, back in, in the back. He did that one syllable at a time. Amazing bass. How long is this intro so far? It's long. It's it is a good where are we, Kyle? 115. Whistle. We're not even getting to the vocal? You gotta get the vocal in there. Turn it up. Because again, the attitude. Now I'm going to tell you that the version I produce is about a minute shorter, and I think it's the definitive version. Okay, well, thank you, Manny. Let's hear it. 
No kick drum. Nope. They Tambourine and a hard snare. Yeah. Tambourine sound like a whistle. <laughs> Think there's gonna be whistle on this? No, he did did a tambourine trick, like yeah. Kyle said. I didn't like the vocal there. I'm gonna hold this tin trash can in front of your face yeah, and I didn't please like sing that. into that. Well, yeah, when when like he that vocal. that's a fast vocal. Mm -hmm. he, he and he he has to run through it real quick. Yeah. So the echo murders it. I mean, yeah. it just because you're trying to cause again his range and the echo smash the words into just like an unrecognizable blob. That's a little rough, Charlton. Yeah. What are you doing, Manny? Man, <laughs> that is my um, Kyle's Mr. Brownstone. You do not like Paradise City. I love Paradise City. I just don't need to hear it anymore. That's my yeah, time. It's Tom Sawyer. It's, you know, all those songs <gasps> you've heard forever. I, uh, I have not heard some of these songs because rock radio out here only plays three of them. Oh, I see. But I haven't heard some of these yeah. in years and when, years and years. Like if I don't hear Paradise City for six weeks, mm -hmm. it's phenomenal. Yeah. But if you hear it, because again, it's always the one you can that hear they play. it every day. Yeah. Be, be, uh, if you have uh, KLOS on, it's <laughs> every day. Well, I mean, I, with the album, I'll skip it. I mean, it's like yeah. if it comes on or whatever, it comes up in shuffle. I'll usually skip it because again, it's again, it's an anthem. It's phenomenal. It, it broke them. It was huge. It was monstrous. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just for me, eh, I'm, I'm played out on it. I don't need it. And I, I like, and also it's very grandiose, whereas a lot of their other stuff was leaner and real angry. Yeah. And I like that better. But that's, but that's a badass song and it's really, really good for what it was, you know, I, for what it was. I'm not shitting on fucking Paradise <laughs> City. It's phenomenal. But uh, for me, I'm just, I'm over it. All right. We're going to kick off side two with my side R. <laughs> with my Michelle and hold your tongue, Mike, because that'll be the last Manny Charlton one we're going to hear. Oh, I can't. He's not going to fuck up my Michelle because that's oh, that song. I, it's the definitive version. God damn this song. If you look up the word sinister in the dictionary, it plays this opening. I believe you would see a picture of King Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Just foreboding, just all this foreshadowing in here. We haven't talked about what a great logo Guns N' Roses has. This sounds like an old-time horror movie theme. It's just like creepy and, and there should be more, like you're in the moors and there's mist on the fucking ground. Blah, blah. <laughs> Until then, the, come on. Your daddy works in porno. Now that mommy's not around. Like, this makes 
Girls, Girls, Girls seem like a Fraggle Rock song. Uh, seriously. Okay, let's go, let's go again. Uh, my limousine is awaiting, and I see you coming my way. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's, that's Gene Simmons. Yeah. Your daddy works in porno now that mommy's not around. She used to love her heroin, but now she's underground. Dude. She works in a coal mine. And Michelle, by the way, also like Sharona, a real person. Really? Yeah. Let's hear what, uh, let's hear about what I did with this behind the boards. Ooh. Man, he's redeeming himself. That's pretty creepy. What's a fucking shaker? How many shakers are in Sound City? <laughs> you bring your own instruments, but we have shakers. We have here. shakers for everybody. <laughs> I recommend everyone pick up a shaker. Does it say what's oatmeal? <laughs> Slash tire shaker on your guitar neck. Big drum. A little slower. Oh, everything's a little slower when Manny's behind the boards. I'm not smart. It, it makes it a little more creepy, even yeah. foreboding. Your daddy works in porno. Right, that's that's the other uh, Manny Charlton one that's really great. And I'm going to say this. Pretty great. I, I guarantee this. That's either the first one they did at that session mm -hmm. because they wanted to unload and show Manny what they had, mm -hmm. or that's the last one they did at that session because they were warmed up and ready to fucking go. Because <laughs> that was goddamn great. I got to tell it, you, I didn't like the porno one. I tried to have them say, your daddy works in limbo. <laughs> your daddy works at lingo. It was the, the Chuck Woolery game show. <laughs> He's a writer. <laughs> Behind the scenes. <laughs> your daddy uh, works at Yambo with the Craig Kilborn. <laughs> um, but, but dude, that, I would, yeah, that was phenomenal. That was, that was so really what the, great. What were the two Manny songs we liked? We liked My Michelle and we liked, um, was it Night Train? No. No. Uh, out to get me might have been out to get yeah, me. Yeah, that. those were the two. Uh, boy, I want to hear the I want to hear that Charlton because again, I wanted to point out a, like a vote. He does a vocal thing there in mm -hmm. that Charlton one, and I lost it now because we're talking. But you could hear him. He was Axel. He was yeah. really Axel on one moment there. Uh, where it's uh, fuck, I, I, won't, I won't pull it on the air, but it's just it was really great. There, well, right, right as it was you, fading, say it. right as it was fading, he did the 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 the, yeah. the, the Axel vocal turn where you're like, yeah, that's him. That was gorgeous. come to my castle, Axel, <laughs> and sing about my Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Beware when there's a full moon, Mr. Brownstone comes out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, boy, that was really good. And, and I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that's the first one they did to show Charlton what they had, or it was the last one because they were ready to, they were fucking locked and loaded. Like you just told us that. I don't care. I wanted to say it again. What, do you know what the next song is on side two? <laughs> side R? Do you know what it is from memory? Uh, let me think. After you told me you knew show. everything about this album there was to know. Is it Think About You? Yep. There you go. Let's hear it. And I pulled that. They didn't show me a fucking thing. No, everybody. we didn't show them anything. Because this is one of my top three songs on the album. Hey, Pat. Yeah. Does Steven Adler like his cowbell? I don't know. Oh, yeah. This is a song.
This is like a sweet song for them. I know, right? I did just look up that one in a million, you can still purchase that on iTunes. Okay. Uh, but but on the remastered and all that stuff? Yeah, they didn't no. throw it on here. With, yeah, with GNR Live. So you want to throw in your SS helmet and go purchase that? Please do. <laughs> I, I did remember, see I, where it was, like, covered by some neo-Nazi band. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's that's the legacy you don't well, want to have. Well, no, and because it, 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 honestly, that song could have been recorded now by some band, you know what I mean, just with, with what's happening. But uh, I remember just Kurt Loder stressing over it on MTV, trying to talk about it. And, and then when they had the fight with Living Color at the Coliseum, it turned into a, a, it was just a mess. It was a mess. I mean, you know, you put a song out like that and you're going to get in trouble. You're gonna have some. You're gonna have some people who are gonna be a little mad at you. And they should be, quite frankly. You know, I mean, I understand you're gonna, that I'm playing a part deal. That doesn't. It just doesn't fly. Any, any white guys, if you try to pull that nonsense, no. don't do it. No, they got in a fight with David Allen Greer. I, I did. <laughs> it might have. He could have showed up. All right, um, uh, Tommy Davidson is a badass when it comes to fighting. Him and Izzy went toe to toe. So wait a minute. They fought the entire cast of. In Living Colors? Yes. Like, oh, I yeah, got it. Okay. I believe they I'm did. I'm finding the bit now. I apologize. Because um, I was trying to figure it out. Mike, this is a card game that Mike Siegel brought to us uh, one day. It's called Battle of the Bands. All right. And I'm, uh, there's a category in this card game called Appetite for Destruction. Okay. So what they do here is there's, uh, there's various bands, and you have to, uh, on a scale of 1 to 100, you have to tell me what their appetite for destruction was. <laughs> Okay, okay yeah. so I'm gonna name I'm gonna name four bands. One to a hundred is a big scale. Okay, well, how about they don't, this? They don't <laughs> they don't all go one to a hundred. Yeah. Some I think like some some categories the lowest is like eighteen. Yeah. And, okay, you know, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna name three bands, and I want you to I'm gonna name four bands. All right, I I just stepped it up a notch. Four bands. Kyle, you play two. You're gonna tell me which of these bands had the highest appetite for destruction okay. according to this card game that some asshole wrote. <laughs> okay, the Doors. Black Sabbath, the Velvet Underground, or the Rolling Stones? Who had the highest appetite for destruction? I'm going to say, uh, I'm assuming this game was written later, so late era Stones plays into it as well. This guy doesn't see them in their dangerous 60s incarnation. Uh, I'm going to say uh, he would choose Black Sabbath, and then Velvet Underground, and then the Rolling Stones, and then the Doors. He would choose Black Sabbath as number one, Velvet Underground, yes. then the Stones, the Stones, and, the, and doors. Then the Doors. Okay, what do you think, Kyle? I think it is. I think it's Black Sabbath, Stones, Doors, then Velvet Underground. Okay, now remember what you said because I sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you actually put the cards away, Pat. That's probably not going to help this game at all. <laughs> there are. No, I'm not even holding cards. There's no <laughs> such game. I just pretended. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Coming in at number four. All right. With an appetite for destruction number of 85 out of 100, Velvet Underground. Oh, all right. So far, I'm right. All right. Hmm. Don't brag. <laughs> no brag. I would what brag. You, Gene Simmons wrote a song about that. I won the card game. <laughs> I knew what the appetite. Beat you, beat you at Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Speaking of Gene Simmons, right now, Pat, your uh, noise-canceling headphones from Bose have given you a Gene Simmons tuft on the top of your head. Well, I haven't showered. Don't tell me. It's, it's theater of the mind, Pat. Don't say that. You're in a tuxedo Thanks, as far as these people know. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, 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 well, if you look at the Dress to Kill cover, that's exactly what I look like right now. <laughs> that's All what right. I wear to a job interview. Makeup and everything. <laughs> coming, coming in at number three with an appetite for destruction of, num of 88 
the Rolling Stones. Yeah, this dude is wrong. <laughs> I mean, so wrong. Literally, the like with the Doors. Okay, Jim Brian Morrison, Jones died. He alone, <laughs> his appetite destruction is like eighty. But but that's so, dude. Fucking the Doors is like Morrison. Okay, Morrison's ready to upset the apple cart and do mm-hmm. a bunch of crazy shit. Yeah. And then you got three old men who like who can't do anything. Don't do it's anything. Just, literally. I, I said before, like if you're if you're any if you're under thirty years old and you don't know what the Doors look like in your brain when the song comes on, you see the groovy ghoulies. That's what you see. Just these. There's just like a Dracula on the keyboard and a yeah. Frankenstein playing a guitar. They're just, that's what they are. They're just this weird and then a, dr- and then a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, look up and see if there's on YouTube if there's any Groovy Ghoulie songs we can pop in. <laughs> okay, now we've got two left. I, yeah, and it's wrong. Coming in with an appetite for destruction with a number 90 out of 100. Black Sabbath. This dude is wrong, man. <laughs> what are you? I mean, Morrison wanted to hurt you're, himself. You, you are, you're crapping out on this game right now, yes. right? How are you doing, Kyle? Um, I'm, I'm wrong. What if you just said? I only uh, got one. Well, you got one, too, because you picked, you put stones in the third slot. Yeah. So you, so okay, you, now, you know who this is. But of course of I do, but it's so wrong. But what I will ask you is, what do you think their appetite for destruction number is? The highest we have so far is a 90 from Black Sabbath. I'm going to say 95. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say 92. 91. Oh, this guy. 91. All right, here's the groovy goalies opening theme. Oh, <laughs> do they play it? Everybody shout. Mm-hmm. Come on now, sing out. It's time for the goolies get together. They got jokes for everyone with laughter songs and fun. So let's go And you'll be glad to know they love you too. Hey, everybody shout. Come on now, sing out. It's time for the goody get together. This sounds like that garbage the Who used to put out before they were the Who. I know. (laughs) I mean, just that Mersey beat nonsense. (laughs) That's not good to anybody. By the way, anyone who's getting ready to write a review of the show, Johnny Buzzkill. Oh, oh, they play Groovy Ghoulies in a card game. <laughs> Boom. I, didn't, I didn't come to hear serial mascots TV show I, themes. <laughs> as, as one of Manny Charlton's offspring, I find it offensive oh. what they said about the Sound City uh, recordings. Dude, that is, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that Doors thing, that's still wrong. I'm mad. I mean, literally, it's like Morrison is charismatic, dangerous, writing, you know, poetry and turning it into music. And then Manzarek's in the back making stew. I mean, he's, he's literally <laughs> playing his keyboards and then going to sleep at nine o'clock. He's a, he's a buzzkill completely. He's just a rain cloud. Robbie Krieger literally staring at Morris and wondering what to do next. Now, I'm going to be dangerous. I'm going to be Ray Manzarek. Kyle, ask me, uh, if we have a, ba- why we don't have a bass player. Oh, why did we have a bass player? I got a bass keyboard. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I play bass with my feet. Mm. Oh, like the groovy coolies. Well, yeah, that's what the Dracula was <laughs> yeah. doing at the beginning of that. He yeah, was playing we, the keyboard. Yeah, we don't need it. Feet. We don't need it because I play with my feet. Oh, I don't even oh. know how a bass keyboard works. I don't you're know no what I'm talking about John Paul Jones. Are you like, uh, is it like big? <laughs> yes, it's like big. <laughs> he jumps around on the yeah, keyboard. Yeah, it's a giant keyboard. <laughs> okay, uh, track nine of 12. This track would appear on side two. Are you, if you have uh, a radio, you still hear it. You better. Sweet child. Oh, mine. 
classic, iconic guitar intro. Everyone knows this song. If it's too loud, you're too old. If this is rocking, don't bother knocking. Is that a thing? <laughs> it might be. I say this is where you twirl your drumstick after you... Steven Adler is being physically restrained from hitting his cowbell. Just hit that if you want heroin, Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Pavlov's drummer. Also, just the the wistful vocal and the words, the lyrics, that's what makes it iconic. It's all, it all, this, that little, yep. You should ruin it. It's a good idea. drive by <laughs> now look if we're in a sketch comedy group and we needed an axle come on <laughs> you're in I'm in you know what's funny is axle again axle's vocal is so easily you know you're co-opting it and you literally sound like somebody fucking a cat with a harmonica <laughs> I mean it's awful but but but, but, but you do that and people when, go oh he's he's Doing Axel. He's doing Axel. But then you hear Axel do it, you're like, it's phenomenal. It's so good. But anybody does that little weird fake Axel knockoff and they just can't, they can't do it. It always just sounds terrible. But you know what they're doing. How many times have you seen Guns N' Roses? Six. Yeah, I've seen them six times. Uh, How many, ask me how many times have I seen the original lineup? How many times? None. Okay. I'm so, I wanted to see them on the last tour. I was supposed to go see them at the forum and then something came up and I didn't go and they played three and a half hours the last fucking night. I'm so fucking mad. I'm still angry. not really the original lineup. The new lineup? It's not the original. Well, it's Sorum. I mean, I'll take but him over Adler. It's not Sorum's not drumming. Yes, he was. Well, whoever they got, no. uh, Whistlehead or whoever the Yeah, friend, they got one some of those guy dudes. that, you know, one of those guys, uh, you know, shoehorn. That's, shoehorn that's exactly. Mr. It was Mr. Brownson. Yeah. yeah. Now let's talk about Matt Sorum for a second. <laughs> was it the big needle? Is it the mascot? Yeah. Is that he meant? Yeah. <laughs> now, He's Steve, drumming. Steven Adler is a great drummer. But the first time I heard Matt Sorum play and you be you could be mine came on the radio well yeah that's holy it's totally different but ad but adler he's for this album he's phenomenal he's He's all over he's so good yeah but then he takes the spike and he and he's you know blowing guys on a street corner for dimes i mean it's like it just you lose a guy so then you got to get sorm and then yeah it did it up the it up it completely ups the game on illusion one and two there's no doubt yeah um adler plays on one song he plays on civil war but boy that's good your civil war. <laughs> How's that? That's kind of like your Brian Johnson. You got to get your hands out. You get that number. <laughs> um, that was one of my horrible jokes when I did stand up. Was if, if you want to be the drummer in Guns N' Roses, you got to have a normal name. Oh, it was okay. Axel Duff, Izzy Slash, and and Matt <laughs> or <laughs> Steven. I actually did that joke about baseball. Not even kidding. I said, oh, when, when that, I, you know what? That, that sport's been very, very good to me. But I said, when, you're, when, you're a, when I was a kid, you had to have uh, Lou or Dave or Mike right. or Ted. I go, and then you get older, and the, the angels had Dante, Wally, Chili, and Devo. <laughs> and that's literally like my joke from 1991. I mean, it was just because they had Dante, you know, it was Dante, whatever. Who mm-hmm. cares? No one cares. But literally, it's the same exact yeah. joke construct, but a different sport. Now, you're, you're an excellent drummer. Uh, we're thinking about having you in the band. What's your name? Chainsaw McGurk. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Coyote. Try it again. Next. 
And what? Okay, great audition. And your first name, Jason. Done. <laughs> <laughs> You're in. You're in, buddy. Uh, Mike, are you crazy? I'm so crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> I'm fucking crazy. Okay. Poison. Poison? Poison has no songs you can mosh to. <laughs> True. You can mosh to this song. Crazy laugh, dude. Axel's crazy laugh is awesome. Okay, we're gonna hear this is a bonus track on this album. This is your crazy acoustic version, originally released as a B-side to Welcome to the Jungle. I've never heard this. Produced by Mike Clink. Does he go low register or high? Low. Gotta go low to match this, probably. I think so. It's probably gonna sound something like this. It sounds like Mrs. Robinson. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that you are sleeping. This is gentle, Axel. It is. This is the Axel Stephanie Seymour fell in love with. He's holding a kitten until he punched her in the face. What happened to Stephanie Seymour? So beautiful. Well, well, Axel happened to her. Yeah. All right. That's a bonus track, people. I like it. Two more songs to close out the album. Then we're, we're, we're not done yet, but we're going to play some more Appetite for Destruction card game. You well, guys are going to love this. Sure. I, I don't know if I care for any song that I got to picture uh, Guns N' Roses sitting around on stools. I know. They're not a stool band. Maybe there's They're a... In, I think there was a fireplace. <laughs> oh, no. You, uh, really? With, uh, and Axel had to drink some tea to keep his uh, voice uh, limber? Mike, not tea, hot cocoa. No, you can't. That coats the throat. I mean, that coats the throat, but it also messes up. It gives you mucus. Yeah, I know. Tea, tea's much better. Every time, every almost every time we record, I, I'll drink tea and I'll put some creamer in it, and, I'm, and then I'm like sniffing the whole time. Yeah, it's foolish. And I hate tea. Tea is just a bag of dirt. Hate it. <laughs> what do you mean tea's a bag of That's dirt? All it is. It's a bag of dirt and you pour water on it. It's so gross, dude. I hate tea. Do you tea. like coffee? Iced nope. tea. No. You know Wayne Fetterman. I asked him when he was here if he would wanted a tea or a coffee, and he... He doesn't drink for comfort. He only drinks for refreshment. So he does not like hot drinks. I'm on board with Fetterman. <laughs> That's, That's not weird. Good. Good for him. Also, I said, do you want a regular Coke? And he said, there's no such thing as a regular Coke. There's Coke, Coke? and there's Diet Coke or oh, Coke Zero. I no see. such thing as regular Coke. <laughs> okay. So I always, what, do, what do I make it a point to do anytime I see him? Yeah, Ask what? him if he wants a regular I'm Coke. Ask him a hot regular Coke. <laughs> hot, regular <laughs> Coke. Uh, do you know what the next song is? See, I'm on board with Fetterman. I, I tease a bag of dirt. I hate it. I don't eat a freestanding cheese. I mean, you got to have rules in your what life. What do you like? You won't. I like, don't eat a freestanding cheese either. There you go. Good yeah. for you. Even with a toothpick and a sample. Yeah, yeah. Nope. 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 No, thank you. Why? I like it on a sandwich. I preferably melted cheese. Cheese has to be on something. It has to be. And I, I like cheese on a sandwich. I like cheese on nachos. Anything. I don't like it, but I don't like cheese sauce. Wait a minute. No. If you melt cheddar cheese, I got it. Hold the phone here. Yes, sir. 
like a queso? You don't like a queso? I got a, no. I got I'm a, okay with a queso. I got a nice, I got a nice toothpick. It's got like a, a what's the, what's the fuzzy toothpick? You know what I mean? Sure. That's yeah, like yeah, a little spangly. What do you call that at the top? Fancy? Uh, fa- <laughs> yeah. Fancy toothpick. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yes, it is. Okay, it's in, in cheese. And then there's like a little hot mustard dipping sauce nope. there. No, no. I don't like, I don't like What about cheese. a freestanding meat? Like uh, a salami, okay. some sliced if, salami. If there's like a cracker, like a Ritz or something, I'll put that on there. Why that. can't you take the cheese and put it on I there? I don't like a cheese like that. I don't no, like okay, fancy can we agree? N- it's n- the texture. It's like eating a candle. Okay. I want to see, I want to see what you're like on this. If it, maybe, maybe that toothpick, maybe that's a wick. Maybe that's not, maybe that's a tooth wick. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, all right. Well, I'm on okay, board with that. I'm excited to know what you're going to say about this. Okay. Yeah. So we have the cheese tray. We have the meats. We have, you guys are avoiding. I didn't come here to listen to party <laughs> etiquette. <laughs> Dear Co- iTunes. When do you call this cheese tray? <laughs> um, okay. So everything's out there. Nice cheese tray. There's some meats. You guys are avoiding a lot of it. And then there's a cracker assortment and there's a Trisket on there. Yes. Are you pro Trisket or anti Trisket? Love a Trisket. I am pro Trisket, despite the fact it's like eating a pencil. I never want to party with you. I hate a fucking Trisket. No, I hate Wait, it. Is you, that the shredded go, wheat one? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's the, like a. Oh, it has like a sweet, salty taste. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's like delicious. It's that's like a bag I'll of just, dirt. I'll just eat. That. No. I'll just eat that on my on its own. Oh, I won't even put no, anything no, on no, it. No, no, no. No Trisket because it's intricate. It's got all those layers and levels. It's like eating a, a monk's sleeping have, bamboo have mat. Have you ever eaten big shredded wheat? Oh yeah, the, the ones they break. break. Yeah, and you put it in the bowl. You're supposed to pour milk on it and smash it up. Yeah, smash no, I up. have not. I, I know what it is. <laughs> I was like, that's a lot of work when they have mini ones. Right? <laughs> I would. I, I. It's probably terrible, but I've always wanted to do that. Well, go get yourself a box. <laughs> you have a job. Yeah, you're an adult now. Go ahead and do whatever you want. I'm going to name three crackers. <laughs> I want you to put them in order of preference. All right. Okay. Trisket. Wheat thin. One and one at a time. Don't jump in both of you. Age before beauty. Trisket. Wheat thin, Ritz. Go, Mike. What's your? What's uh, well, your? I think your number one uh, cracker in that in that equation, out of those three, mm-hmm. is is clearly to me the Trisket. All right, I'm going to take the Ritz solidly in second. All right, and the wheat then has been lapped by both of them in the race <laughs> and is far at the end of the. Tra- it, it is not even. I don't even have it in the same. I put a. I put other crackers. I put a sociable ahead of that. <laughs> I put a chicken in the biscuit chicken ahead of that. Chicken in the biscuit. That that is and no. Look, this is nothing against your upbringing because we had these at my house too. That is a trailer cracker. I'm in. I, that's fine with me. Chicken in a biscuit. Have you had that? <laughs> yeah. It's that, delicious. Just thinking about it gives me heartburn. It's like it's like eating a uh, stale bread, but you dumped an entire ramen. <laughs> seasoning packet on it it is so good do you ever have a club cracker like a absolutely they're pretty good they're club very is delicious. oh my god okay kyle give me those three just those three don't add in crackers <laughs> i like ritz okay oh then trisket uh-huh then wheat thin but i'm not i'm not as soured on wheat thin i, I enjoy a wheat thin. I, wheat thin's my number one it's too small those. it's too small you I gotta get a eat a handful. handful well sure you gotta eat a handful but then they got a weird kind of a weird sour thing happening i like anything that's a mouthful like i i could put a whole trisket in my mouth i'm not yeah. a pussy but you got to have a beverage on hand with a Trisket because again, no, it do. is truly, like I said, it's like eating sawdust. And once you chew it up, um, it's like I used to, I used to eat sunflower seeds. I would just throw the whole handful in my mouth Ew. and I would literally eat them with the shells on. Ugh. And as a kid, I would actually swallow, I would eat the shell, I would swallow the shells because all the salt is on the shell. I didn't get the concept of 
suck, bite, spit, swallow, which is it's too I much have, work. And I, I have diverticulitis, <laughs> so that's how I, I would commit suicide. <laughs> I would just eat a handful yeah. with the shit. Well, I thought about it later on. I was just like, because it is, it's like eating a pencil. You just chewed up all, you got all these shavings in your mouth, you just fucking slam them down your gullet. It's not a smart thing to do. <laughs> how come you don't do this show more? This is a fun time. This, this is good. Thank you for having this me. This is more fun than when you and I just hang out as people. <laughs> well, that's because that's you don't hold up your end. <laughs> that's probably true. All right. Do you know what the next song is? Do you know what track 11 is on side two? Uh, track 11 is my second favorite song on the album. What side is it on? Uh, side R. What is it? Anything goes. Okay. Unless it's a week. No, you got to start over. You have to hear the what beginning. What happened? What happened? You have to hear the beginning. You can't fade in on this one. Okay. So that's why I got to hear the. Oh, jump it back and let's hear it again. Just jump it back. Almost sounds like a mistake. Now, you thought the shakers or something? This is like a weird, like. Is he playing a saw? Might be one of those weird, like fake uh, uh, or a kazoo. Yeah, like a barrel with a. It's a. This is your second favorite song. Yes. Wait, and wait till this guitar just starts running fucking downhill, man. Turn it up. Now you think this is our pace? You think this is where we're going with yes. this song at this rate? But wait a second. Fucking bump and grind, and then. Great. Panties round your knees with your ass in the breeze, doing that grind with a push and squeeze, tied up, tied down, up against the wall, be my Rubbermaid baby, and we can do it all. Fuck yes. That sounds like what David Lee Roth would say if you ask him what his favorite color was. (laughs) 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 You're done. And never do another episode of this show. Literally, that's the funniest thing ever said. <laughs> someone, needs, someone needs to Photoshop that on a Crayola. So gorgeous. Crayon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Uh, it's weird when you make yourself laugh. Sure. You know I, what I mean? No, I, it's not weird for me. I make myself laugh all the goddamn time. When um, uh, sometimes if I have to go in and, and listen to an episode, which I try not to do because I try not to edit, but if I have to, and if I hear something that I don't remember at all and it makes me laugh, but the thing that I didn't remember came out of my own mouth, it just always feels weird. All right, well, I want to break down comedy for people listening. Oh, oh here we go. No, first of all, they played cartoon when, theme songs, and then one guy- I didn't for a bro- masterclass on cheese, comedy, <laughs> and cartoons. <laughs> When, if I wanted that, three, I'd listen to something else. But that was not a good joke. The three <laughs> when did you have that locked in? When did you have that, that thing to say locked in? When did you think of that? Right when, when I, what do I say come out of my mouth? The lyrics? I, it just came. I just, Isn't that phenomenal? That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's just, that's the gorgeousness of it. Yeah. That's the joy. That's the gift. And how, and how did, when did you know it was great? Like when it's coming out of your, did you know like in your head as it's flying out? I, I, th- I yeah, Those I mean, I th- I, if, if it wasn't, I wouldn't have said, I when wouldn't you, have, I mean, what, that's not true because. 
You know my rule of tens. For every ten things I say, three will be funny. That's well, my rule of three. But you're covered now for forty. Okay, cool. Because literally, that's twelve funny fucking things in a row. That was that was goddamn great. And that was that was just a home run. You're just and again, there's nothing better than when you know you're you've got one and you're just gonna crush everybody. That was gorgeous. And thank you, you guys are a good audience too. So I oh, you know. it's phenomenal. How do you not? This is what I don't like. People who, drink, people who drink on the air? Yeah, I don't know why I did that. And you know what? I gotta be, there's nothing in that. There's nothing it. You, in it. You heard you suck air. There was not like, even joking. There was like, there was like a, a tear in there. Yeah. You just you sounded like Mason Verger. It was like nothing. ridiculous. Um, that's why I don't like, uh, I don't like, like when I, when the few episodes of, of the, uh, the Louis C.K. show that I watched, when, when the New York comics are all in a room together, they don't give it up for each other. Like if there's a scene where they're like at poker or something, they bust balls, but they don't laugh with, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what, um, that's what it was hard for me when I wa would watch that show because you and guys that we know, we are not afraid to laugh at ourselves. Yeah. And it's and joyful. And, and we're not afraid to laugh with each other and no one has to, we, I don't find that we one up each other. We want, we want to be funny in when we're just hanging out, but it's not like, yeah, well this, you know what I mean? Yeah. I agree in those scenes and it's, it's actually led me to be a little intimidated by that comedy scene Doi! well because they're they're all um you know they're all hard hitters you know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah and i like busting balls i like yeah, I mean, yeah. and i i can be unfortunately i can be too much with it yeah sometimes. fuck right yeah you like busting balls well i've heard the word relentless thrown my way occasionally Jesus but i mean christ that fucking happen. guy won't let up listen to him but that so but that's what i mean is those new yeah. york guys will do it and then they'll just they'll just keep just burying one another on. over and over and nobody's like it doesn't seem cheerful it doesn't seem no. fun uh that's why I, I until the guy who can't take it pulls out a gun and shoots everyone at the table <laughs> but yeah so i mean i i i, I love the, the whole point of it is to have fun and be funny yeah. and, and to know you just you because that landed i mean you know when something lands you're just like yeah that's beautiful and i because we oftentimes will do i might bookend the show with that <laughs> you should but if something <laughs> stiffs you'll just kind of go i get nothing for that seriously yeah, right. like because we are you're all we're all on stage all the time it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter if we're having fun or not yeah. so you yeah. should say i did uh i did a hot three minutes at trader joe's <laughs> okay um anything goes by the way i used to uh i used to date a stripper who would dance to that song and then so every time that song plays the stripper talk uh, i literally can see her she's red a little boner uh well sure that happens of course <laughs> i got a boner the whole album don't kid yourself but i can see her head down red hair in her eyes and doing that she's wearing boots she had a tattoo on her fucking thigh and her back and she was doing this. Uh, like, was you know, it a dragon? Uh, is she in the Yakuza? Yeah, pretty might have been. If your um, spank bank had a soundtrack, it would be Appetite for it's, Destruction. It's anything, yeah, anything goes, clear, okay. absolutely. Because she was the, well, no, I'm, I'm, you don't want to hear too much easy, detail, I'm easy. sure. Easy, easy. Right, Save it for it's a clean uh, show. the 40-year-old boy. I said that. Well, that's 40-year-old boy show. The picture I tweeted, I think, oh, no, that was, I'm sorry, it's a different one. But yeah, so I, I told the story on the show. That everybody knows about it. But. All right, let's close out this album. <laughs> we're not closing out this episode yet, but we're going to close this out with six minute, 13 second song with, called. Well, before you even say closes it, out side one, we're closing out. No side R we're closing out <laughs> the album two. and side R side two. Side Thank two. you, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, with what is clearly uh, the best song on the album and how many albums that you know of can end with the best song on the album. Huh. Well, now I'm going to look at every album I have. They also do it again with use your illusion one. They close the album with the best song on the album. Well, hold on. I want to say I have to take a peek. Okay. Uh, coma. Yes. And they uh, and use your illusion too. They close it out with the worst song <laughs> of both albums. My world. Yeah. You want to step into my world? It's a semi-iconic state of bliss. Uh, so Rocket Queen, Kyle.
Adler. Fucking Duff, dude. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, there's a pink slip in your last. <laughs> well, that song actually. And we has, fucked your girlfriend in the studio. I was just going to say, literally, that's that song has a special meaning for Stephen Adler because uh, that's Axel fucking Stephen's girlfriend in that song. How does it? These guys. Mm-hmm. That's never gone she on in it, this she studio. Said she did it for the band and a bottle of Jack Daniels. Yep. And. And when Axel, because Axel proposed that to Mike Klink, and Klink's like, well, you're not, I mean, he didn't really think he was serious. And then he shows up with Steven's girlfriend in the, in the studio. And then they, and if you want to cut to that, you can actually play it. And you Man- can hear her. She's, you know, that's the girl moaning in that song. That's, they recorded them fucking in the studio. Manny Charlton would have <laughs> no part of this. Out. No, thank you, gentlemen. You, use this tambourine instead. <laughs> Here's a zither. I'll let you ruffle some Playboy magazine pages yeah, during that pretty part. Pretty close, sure. Okay, uh, before we hear some more bonus tracks, we're going to do... But Rocket Queen, can, can, we, can you explain how brilliant it is? Can you talk about the genius well, of that song? I can't explain why it is. <laughs> I'm not... Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's cheese on a cartoon. Yes, Mike, <laughs> please. It's not Josie and the Pussycats yeah. in outer space. But he literally, he literally slept with Steven Adler's girlfriend. He fucked her on that track. And it's funny because... And Motley Crue had said that on Too Fast for Love, you can hear in the background them fucking groupies while they recorded it. Oh, shut up, Because they, they were like, yeah, you can hear like squishing sounds, man. That was when they, oh, you know, oh. and it's like, all right. That's well, like in the 40-year-old virgin where he's like, yeah, I felt a boob. It's a bag of sand. Right, exactly. Yeah, we made all the squishing <laughs> sounds, you know. I, I, am, I am like real, I'm down on Motley Crue lately. I'm well, just I mean, not, of course. I'm just, you know what you I mean? You should be, like, you got older. You like up. when I think about this, you know, I read the dirt and I was like, oh my God, this book is crazy, but not, I'm past it now. And now that I know they're making a Netflix film about it, I'm like, yeah. do I really want to watch five guys that even after the band, they're still miserable human yes, beings. They're irredeemable. Yeah. They're, they're, they're irredeemable. Awful. Like, why do we want to watch that? I mean, they're not going to learn a lesson at the end. They're not going to jump up and high five with a, with a freeze frame. <laughs> Vince Neil went on to beat four more women. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, the surviving okay. members of Hanoi rocks were all killed once again. By yeah, it's, it's, but that's what oh I mean is they're just, God. they're irredeemable bastards basically. Yeah. Um, and, but also your job is rock star. I mean, how many rules you got to follow? I love you, you until you come over and kick my You're ass. You're my son. Terrible. All right. We're going to hear some more bonus tracks, but before that, we're going to do the same game we did earlier. Appetite for destruction. 
but now I have the four cards of the bands that have the lowest oh. appetite for destruction. Let me read these out to you. Peter, Paul, and Mary. That makes sense. No, that was a joke. Oh, that would, that would have made sense to me. It clearly would have made sense. <laughs> Zamfir. Okay. okay. No, here we go. We have the Talking Heads, mm. uh, Radiohead. Apparently mm. you have heads in your name. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Smiths and you 2 Again, he's, he's wrong already. Again, he's wrong already. Okay. The, the Smiths are, they, they have so much appetite for destruction. Well, let's put them, you 2 Radiohead, the Smiths, and Talking Heads. Who do, what do you do? Who's got the... Uh, so who, are we listing from lowest Lowest to, to highest. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say Talking Heads is the lowest of the low. Okay. Uh, I would say Radiohead All right. uh, would be second. And I will say that... Uh, uh, you know, I'm sorry, you two. Talking Heads and then you two. Okay. And then Radiohead and then the Smiths. Okay. And Kyle, what do you got? I was going to say almost that, but I was going to say you uh, two, then Talking Heads, then Radiohead, then the Smiths. Okay. Chill out for just a second. We're going to keep the show going, but I had a test. Mike, do you like this patch that came with the uh, the Guns N' Roses thing? It's this came in the box set? Yeah, it's a small purple patch that... Well, this that logo has no purpose. It's funny because Pat referred to this logo earlier, and this is fantastic because they are a band that always their artwork has always been iconic. Mm -hmm. Whether it was uh, just the G and R or the G and fucking R, which yeah. they'll put out, or this right here, which is the guns wrapped in the in the roses, yeah. or the the cross, the Celtic cross with the heads of the skulls, which uh, the Celtic cross was, um, I believe, Mike Klink's idea, and the skulls. Or no, I'm sorry, the tattoo artist who did this because that was originally a tattoo concept. Okay, for the Appetite for Destruction album, and Axel came up with the idea of having the bands. The, the heads of the bands as skulls. Okay. And the, the Celtic cross was decided upon by the tattoo artist. And then he and Axel decided to make the, uh, as a nod to Thin Lizzy, mm -hmm. the, uh, the inside of the cross is like, is, uh, I forget, it's like a Celtic lettering or whatever, but it's a nod to Thin Lizzy. Oh, cool. Oh, that's but cool. I, I actually, you know, do I like a patch? No, patches are fucking dumb and I don't have a jean jacket. <laughs> if anyone but, wants that, the first the person, is great. The first person to email me at rocksolidpodcast at gmail.com, I will send you that patch. Oh, sweet. So, because it's, it's uh, well, you'll see. Can it's, I do that? Can I send you an email? And real that? quick, this packaging's horrible. Oh yeah, the packaging is for it, it is. The well, look, look at this. Look, what's? Look. Oh, don't break my CDs. You put them both. Oh, no, oh they just come tumbling out. They just yeah. come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a. It's like a gatefold. It's like if you made if you made a digi pack at home. This is oh, what it would look yeah. like. And there's no place to put the booklet. The booklet has to either go in the center. Or in one of the sleeves, and then it, and and then so, it shoves into this flimsy thing. Yeah, this slipcase, which which is, it, which does look nice. But if it was a if this slipcase was around was a, a, a jewel, jewel case, case yeah. yeah, it'd be nice. But and then and then look at the spine on that. That looks terrible it's when you're bubbly, yeah, no no open. Terrible. Look at the outer spine. There's it, it looks terrible on your anything. shelf. I like when it says something on it. Right. Like this should have a spine here, and that should slip in. Slip and in, yeah. It's bigger than a regular CD. Yeah, I, the whole thing's a mess. But the grooves are great, and the remastered sound is... But Axel looks so good in that photo. True, true, but those could be in a booklet. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things they could have done differently yeah. here. This is, All right, uh, here we go. Because, I mean, let's be honest. This is, this is a band that had limited catalog. Yeah, and they don't need to sell more copies of this. Uh, what if what if all thirty million worldwide people rebought it? <laughs> good. I, I, I mean, I, it we, does we've, sound we've had this talk before, where I, I 
people always get pissed off like Eddie when he stripped the the old songs for parts for different kind of truth and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he wrote it. He wrote that you stuff. Do whatever he, do whatever he wants, wants with it. He wants to repurpose it. He wants to repackage yeah. it. They want to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. That's fine. It's your choice as a consumer whether you want to buy it or not. But I don't want to hear anybody bitching about creative people redoing things or putting things out. Yeah. Remember so, that amazing thing I did? We're here. It's still amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's the same thing with this. And and like I said, this is not a band with a lot of catalog to pull from. No. So you know, they're sharing whatever extras they might have. Right. Like, are we going to play the uh, the new single? The, we are. We are. Okay, good. Let's, I'm going to give you the, the, we're gonna the go final through. rankings. Okay. So, the band that comes in at number four with the least appetite, appetite for destruction, you 2 uh, This guy's wrong. I hate this guy. They just had a, they have a Guinness. That's all they do. No, man. They're trying to upset the apple cart in the whole world. <laughs> the band that has the next least appetite for destruction Tom York and his buddies, Radiohead. See, but that's another thing is they are completely disquieting the entire music industry with their weird albums and nonsense. <laughs> that that alone is destruction. You're destroying the paradigm. I think this more means like if, their 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 if, drug and alcohol consumption. If you want to, I think oh, that's I their see. appetite. If for you want our new album, you have to shoot a drone with a laser <laughs> pistol <laughs> yeah. and it'll download to your phone. Yeah, like if Motley Crue, they're not in this deck because this this. Uh, deck is made up of musicians but uh (laughs) no they would be like dude ours should be 105 all right guys even now though that's they would say that at 65 years old or whatever the fuck they would yeah that's what i don't like about i agree with you it's well it's again it's like all these um old bands who tell these stories of like you know the the things that they used to do back in the day and you're like oh man i just but they still get a kick out of it which drives me nuts but it's also but it's like old athletes i mean this when you get older your stories get better you're just like you know i saw him dunk on wilt chamberlain four times in a minute you know it's like (laughs) it never happened nobody ever did that you know but it's like pro wrestling they just these larger and larger stories like hulk hogan i slammed the 500 pound giant andre the giant weighed 400 pounds maybe Ozzy you know Osbourne I mean? snorted an armadillo he snorted a line of ants and then he but drank then becomes, my piss yeah yeah uh, and you're up. just like all right uh coming in at number two for their appetite of destruction is the smiths boy the 21 guy. i'll tell you what the all, all so the talking heads out of these four wimp wimpy bands yeah but see not even right. not yeah but that's all tina weymouth literally she's the only one who has any edge or anger in there and also yeah. i'll say i'll say tom tom club would would have more appetite for destruction than than Beep. talking heads certainly god damn i love that song <laughs> that song is phenomenal okay mike you requested it you wanted to hear the new single yeah let me let me read about it i'm opening up the uh what i call a cd booklet so there's a lot of liner notes that'll tell me how many songs they actually initially had for appetite for destruction and how well, they got this, down to this these. is the two disc set there's like a there's like a set that's a thousand bucks that comes with anyway you get a scarf you get an album another patch a whole bunch of stuff you get two patches uh, additional two patch. patches <laughs> why can't i find the this song is called shadow of your love yes and why can't i find out the info okay shadow of your love Produced and engineered by Mike Klink. Originally recorded in 1986. Remixed by Chris Lord Alge in Tarzana, right out where I live, uh, near where I live, in 2018. And previously unreleased. So let's hear Shadow of Your Love and let's see what this thing sounds like. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard it yet. Okay.
God damn. Wonder if they'll play that in concert. This is a new old one. That's them. That, yeah. That's very them. Uh, that sounds like the same exact sessions where they got, uh, you know, them doing uh, Mamakin and, and stuff like that. That was also yeah, like yeah. on Generalized. This is a song about your fucking mother. Do, do you want to hear what's in the box set, the Super Deluxe? Yeah, you want to read it? It's $180. Okay. That's not, no, there is one that's a thousand. There's bucks. one that's a thousand. Oh. Okay. We'll find it. Well, uh, well, tell that, us what's in the $180. Well, what was yours? How much did yours cost? That was $15.99. Came with a patch at really? Target. It's funny. I remember when I bought, because I bought the cassette for this when it first came out, yeah. like I said, because CDs were $20 or yeah. $25. Ridiculous. And a CD player was 1000 So I was like, I'm like, well, I don't even have the CD player, but I bought the cassette and just wore it the fuck out. It was one of those things where I remember, like, even the words were gone from the case from just opening it and flipping it over, opening mm-hmm. it and flip it over. <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle. What do you got for us? All right. So hold on. It's loading. So you bought this with 16 and then they've got the Super Deluxe, which is 180 I mean, that $1,000 one, that's just got to be... There's, there, and there's, there's one that has a four discs. Like in the but f- that's a tough the, ask, the, man. The, the, yeah, I know. 1000 bucks. Like, I mean, you got to get tickets to shows and shit like yeah. that at that point. Okay, the, okay here's what the $1,000 one. Okay, here, oh, you found it. Uh, four CDs. Yes. Seven LPs. Okay, so all, the four CDs are spread across seven LPs because that's... You know, that's convenient. Seven-inch singles, a hardcover book, 96-page hardcover book. Oh, that's good. Five custom handmade metal cast band skull face rings. So that... Oh, that's worth the price of admission. One one for each finger. That's beautiful. I actually would... I would love that. Uh, That's great. I don't wear Adler, though. He's... and and (laughs) And the same number, so five, of handmade metal cast band skull face lapel pins. Ooh. Uh, the, the, and metal also come in handy. <laughs> I often right wear now, lapels. I'm it, none of us have a lapel, <laughs> but when I do, I absolutely want to put a Guns N' Roses skull face on it, and five of them what in a row. Honey, I'm getting ready for the wedding. What kind of night is it? It sounds like it's a five skull lapel pin <laughs> night. Um, and then, and also metal skull face and signature stamped guitar picks because they all play guitar. Yeah. Oh boy. That's good. Uh, just to name of the few items in- included. Oh, so what if it said all- a set of Duff McKagan drumsticks? Okay, now this is not making any sense now, guys. <laughs> so that was they said that was just a few. And and how does what does that come? Does it come band in band face skull shaped spoons? <laughs> Eat your cereal with Guns N' Roses every morning. Oh, it's the locked and loaded edition. Okay, so yes. it has twelve new illustration lithos visualizing each song from the album. Wow, that's a the lot aforementioned. Of shit. Skull face rings, lapel pins, and guitar picks. Five previously unseed band member lithos. Five GNR logo buttons to go on the other lapel. Um, a Robert Williams painting litho. Oh my god! This just sounds like somebody got high and started listing stuff. <laughs> yeah. What if they? What if we gave him this, dude? Look what I found in my garage. And yeah, a, and a box of Guns and Roses cereal. You actually get Guns and Roses. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would make sense. You should get a gun. In oh this. my god! How great would it be to get handled like with the skull handles, yeah. the actual guns? That'd yeah. be sweet. Five of them. Yeah. Uh, but, and rep- they have a rose in the barrel because peace and love. <laughs> Replica eighty-five, eighty-six gig banner. Welcome to the Jungle Video Invite Flyer, originally drawn by Slash, a turntable mat, 
microfiber vinyl cleaning cloth. So many things I don't need in seven this. inch large hole adapter. Well, that vinyl shit is just literally, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's pressed out of the bones of Zinchanthropus. It's like, all right, well, great. Six replica early years gig flyers, six iron on stitched logo patches. That, that's the kind of stuff that's fun, but you'd want all of that to be in the book. Yeah. You know, the yeah. hardcover book. I yes. want to see pages with yeah. the flyers. I don't need the flyers. An, an unboxing yeah. video of this would be three days. <laughs> A two inch collectible coin. It would take three days, but you'd watch it for two minutes. Yeah, I know. Yes. Done. Bandana with silver metallic ink. <laughs> two wall posters. Oh my gosh. But now, you, now you, this is where you're not getting your money for. Okay. Temporary band member tattoos. Oh, oh man. How man. are they not permanent? Three replica ticket stubs, again, could be in the book. I, that, I, yeah. You should have stopped like an hour ago. And but a no, numbered <laughs> certificate of authenticity. How many more things? Is that it? it? Yeah. I, I guarantee the first, the next person who buys it will be getting the certificate one. Oh wait, because no, nobody else has purchased this else. Yet. That was something else. Okay. Um, really quick, we've been to shows. Like we, how many times have we been to Rat or Poison or all these fucking metal mm. bands? And you yeah. see those dudes walking in. Those are the dudes who are buying this. What? The they, dudes with the Harley Davidson, you know, sleeveless T-shirt. Fuck Rent, man. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, the, the no. guys we, the even, kid with a rat tail on their even shoulder. Better. My old lady can fuck that child support this month. I'm buying this box set. But you know what? I go the other way. I go for the, the, the people that are wholesome. How many times have we seen like a woman in spandex she should not have been wearing with her, with her man? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he's wearing right. his motorcycle bandana right. and they go to those shows. That's their deal. That's their night out. I bought it for my lady. But they, exactly. And they would unbox all this and they'd get the skull rings and she'd wear it. And I mean, I, I, there, there's an audience for this. He let me this. wear Axel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got honey, you got to wear duff. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, there's an audience for this. I, I don't, it's not us, right? but I can't, again, as I've said, I can't make fun of, I'm more well, fucking, I can make fun of anything. Um, but I mean, there's an audience for that, right? Yeah. Somebody's going to buy that nonsense. I guess, I wonder how many of those they make. Limited to six. <laughs> there's just a bunch of guys sleeping and then you get the phone ring and they're like, we got one, like fucking <laughs> Annie Potts and Ghostbusters. And then they just get up and they make one box set. What's sad is that Steven Adler can't afford one. No, he might work there actually. He's answering the phone. I actually hired me to pack them all up. <laughs> I, would, I, sh- I ship them out. You think they trust him to do anything at no. this point? They do not. No. Clearly. Here, Steven, here's a broom. Here's <laughs> the cowbell with it. We pre-printed <laughs> the labels for you. That was supposed oh, to be Axel. I don't That's know terrible. who that, that was terrible. Like Sharon Osbourne. No, Sharon. Yeah, or, a um, Monty, or one of the Monty Python like <laughs> guys trying to be a chick. Very nice. Steve, this is, this is Sharon Osbourne. Stephen, we have pre-printed the labels for you. One's addressed to daddy. So please send Aussie one. Literally. And then uh, like the clock spins an hour and you just look over and Adler's covered in labels laying on the ground. <laughs> the needle hanging I out thought his arm. these were nicotine patches. <laughs> no, no, no. Better yet. Someone opens it. They're like, honey, it's here. They open the box and Adler's just He's in just there. in there frozen. <laughs> I Hello. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> oh, and he just goes, oh no. And just zooms in on his face. <laughs> All right. We're going to, uh, uh, we're gonna close it out. Uh, we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna close out. We'll uh, we'll do some promoting. Then we'll hear because they have uh, they have all the songs from the two EPs on here except for one in the million. We'll close it out with patience. That's a nice song. Really? What, what do you want to close it out with? Mamakin? Yes. Okay. We'll close it out with because Mama again, Kin. it's a, it's a nod to one of their heroes, Aerosmith, and you can hear them do a version of a song that they loved. Like they, you know, they basically. I do love to, that song. They looked to Joe Perry and and Steven yeah. Tyler for for assistance when they got famous. That yeah. was like you know, one of their first calls. They loved them. So yeah, I think Mama Kin's the way out. Just just again, swinging your axe will say this is a song about your fucking mother. This is uh this is the call they made to uh to uh, Stephen and Joe. They go, hey guys, got something to ask you. 
Did you guys ever fire a drummer? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, you still got your original drummer. Slash, right. Slash called Joe Perry and he said, hey, I got a question. Did you ever fight with your lead singer? <laughs> God damn. 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 You've heard, you've heard Steven Tyler talk about uh, cornbread, haven't you? I have not, as oh, a matter of fact. Please, I don't, Kyle, if you could ha- help. This is from Steven Tyler's newest, uh, uh, in quotes, country album. Right in the middle of one of the songs, he stops and says this line. Kind of cuts off, but let's hear it. And cornbread, damn. What in cornbread? And cornbread. That's all he says, and cornbread, damn. Yeah, I forget what the whole thing is that he says. It's like... uh, Sadly, I have it in my library. (laughs) So I'll find it. You know, I I can forgive him doing a country album. I cannot forgive what he's calling a goatee. (laughs) Have you seen him? He's got, he just, he has a mustache on and he, and uh, you have the whole song? Yeah. Okay. We're all somebody from somewhere is what it's called. Oh, that's the one where you cut yeah, it out. I edited out. it out. Because what I did was I made I made a oh, version. because you hated it so much. And I wanted to play that for, for, and then I said, and now here's how it actually is. Oh, uh, yeah, so we don't have that one. What was that, uh, what was the time code? It was on like that? 111. Okay, let me cue it up here. This is w- worth it. He's it got, is worth it. His mustache, he looks like uh, okay. Johnny Turn Depp playing a character. Yeah. Why? Why did you do that? <laughs> to pander, as if he wasn't pandering enough for putting out this type of album. What is Joe Perry thinking of? Well, Joe never listened to this. Well, what is anybody thinking of? What's Axel thinking of? It's what terrible. I? I mean, it's just it's. I don't know. You, you, you kill your heroes. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Otherwise, you're gonna right. you're gonna live long enough to see this happen. Let's promote. Uh, first of all, you can uh, you can go to RockSolidPodcast.com. There you can find all the links. You can find links to the show notes. Uh, Joe Van Overberg, Joey Notes. We haven't talked uh, about Joey Notes in way too long. So Joey Notes is handling the notes over there. You can also find link to the Patreon page. Uh, you can find link to Fluffy Crate, order some t-shirts and uh, everything's there. The episodes are there, all kinds of stuff there. So that's your one-stop shop, rocksolidpodcast.com. And we are at Rock Solid Show on Twitter. I'm at Pat underscore Francis. Kyle's at Kyle Dotson Funny. Where are we on Instagram, Kyle? At Rock Solid Show as well. And Mike, where can we find everything about the 40-year-old boy? You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. I'm on Snapchat and Instagram at Mike40YOB, 40YOB. And the show The 40-Year-Old Boy is available in iTunes. Also, there's a 40-Year-Old Boy YouTube channel with all of the archives of the past 10 years available and ready for you to listen to anytime you would like. By the way, uh, we do have a YouTube channel. If you go there, you're going to find very few videos because all the videos are unlisted. And the way to find those or to view those is to go to the Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast and sign up to the $10 tier. What's great is we've been doing the Patreon page for about a year now. So we've amassed like 52 videos. 
So you pay your 10 bucks and you're going to be able to watch all those videos as many times as you'd like. We are unboxing a Guns N' Roses thing. No, we're not. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's all. Uh, Mike, thank you for being here. This is a ton of fun. Thanks for asking me. I love it always. And uh, the next time you're here, we will go track by track the Peter Chris solo album. <laughs> uh, let's hear, at Mike's request, uh, apologies to patients. We will hear Mamakin. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Did he miss it? Back it up. You got to start it from the jump because... That's it. That's how it is on this version. Sorry, Mike. <laughs>